I am Bill Cartwright with Living Right with Bill Cartwright. And this is the Stress Mastery Podcast, where we take you from the science to the spirituality of stress mastery. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stress Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Bill Cartwright. And I am here today with that super millennial, David Barreto, giving us the millennial perspective. Big Dave. How you doing, buddy? Good. You're all right. You had an appointment with Dr. Brian. Yeah, it was it was good. I, I got to see the kind of the new facility set up, the way they got it. It is beautiful. Yep, it's very nice. And your blood work was pretty good. Are we allowed to say that? Did I just break HIPAA compliance? Probably going to jail again. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but no, it, it was fantastic. Yes. So this week, our topic is inspired today's Connection Thursday. We are discussing what is stress mastery. You want to try and answer that? Uh, that you know, it, it's been the same since we started, right? But you know which one always gets me, and I always remember it. It's when the outside circumstances no longer affect the inner peace. I remember that like it was yesterday. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. So, uh, so we are in the process, David and I and Patrick. We're in the process of taking stress mastery to the masses as we launch our new platform and community very soon. And I find it interesting that when we meet all these new people, the reaction to stress mastery, not the program, just the name. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, right? Because they're always like, some people don't like it, some people don't want it, but here's the thing. The term stress mastery makes people uncomfortable. Why? Well, most people have no idea how the human being actually functions and operates, and what causes stress or what stress is. Most people think being stressed out is normal. Other other people think it's actually a badge of honor to be stressed out. And another reason the term stress mastery makes people uncomfortable is most people do not understand what mastery is. Would you agree with that? For sure. So most people believe mastery It's just for those special, super talented individuals. And this couldn't be further from the truth. There are distinct, unchanging laws when it comes to mastery. There are distinct process to mastery. But understand, mastery is not a goal or a destination. Mastery is a journey. Mastery cannot be obtained through some hack or shortcut. There is no quick fix to mastery. Mastery is not obtained through some instant gratification. You understand that, correct? Yes, absolutely. So mastery is a process. It's actually a path. Mastery is attained by climbing your mountain. There's a reason we use the valley and the mountain in teaching and stress mastery. And mastery, and this is very important, is attainable to anyone willing to get and stay on this path. Regardless of perceived obstacles, age, sex, status, financial situation, there is nothing that can stop somebody from obtaining mastery. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think a lot of people think that they're really good at something, but they're not masters at it. And it's always that one quote, jack of all trades, master of none. And I think that's what happens to people, especially every single year. They start getting good at something, they get a hiccup. They fail, I'm going to try this next year. Yeah, and so instead that, of so continuing, yeah, like you were saying. Mastery is a journey. 
and it's very important to understand this, the journey to stress mastery actually begins with a decision. And this is deciding to take the journey and develop the skill. Mastery is developing the skill so you can automatically be able to perform the action set. That's what mastery is. Now, in other words, to be a great pianist, you master the skill to play the piano and you can play the piano without thought. The skill is part of the identity. Yet, think about this great, this great musician, right? They're not done, even though they become this great pianist. They're always pushing the next level. It's never done, right? It's not, there's not a destination where you stop, go back. There's not a goal that you set. It's, it's mastery is when it becomes part of the identity. That's a skill. So if you look at to become a great pitcher, right, or a great baseball player, to master the skill, to be able to throw a ball and make it do what you want it to do, and so you don't have to think how to throw a curveball, this becomes mastery. To hit a fastball, you, you just don't go up and start hitting a fastball. You don't hit a curveball. You have to practice and eventually master it. And even when you master it, if you just hit one out of three, you're a Hall of Famer. <laughs> 300 average, right? If you think about it, that's the way it works. Now, to become a great speaker, you master the skill of performing on stage and delivering a powerful message. There is no thought available. That's what mastery is. It's able to develop the skill so that you do this connected in an automatic process. There's no thought. It's done in being. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Every time I think of, of mastery, I think of like surgeons, you know, it's one thing to do it a few times, you know, but they can do this literally in their sleep. I mean, it's probably easier for them to do that than it is to function in normal other aspects of life because they've literally become like autopilot. Like you're just saying, it's no thought doing this. And we always think about like, oh, do you want a good surgeon who's done it a few times? Or do you want a master surgeon, somebody who's going to do this in their sleep? And that's, you know, the, the range difference, I think, of what it takes to be good at something and then to master something. And that's what mastery is. So what is stress mastery? Stress mastery is developing the skill to master stress. And this is to achieve this, one must understand the human essence, the biological essence of how the human body functions and operates in the stress network and how the body supports what is held in mind. You have to understand the social essence of how the mind works and the natural process of how each human being receives a programmed identity. Because this is what sets your reality and also is what activates stress. And the spiritual essence is discovering your purpose and connection to your true self. This is the connection that moves one through the process of developing mastery. So stress mastery begins with understanding. We cannot stop stress. Stress is activated when the outside world is not in the alignment to our inner world set in mind. We don't want what is happening. We don't like what is happening. We believe it should not be happening, yet it is happening. This is called a conflict. To 
step onto the path and take the journey to stress mastery, you must understand that the human being's brain, mind, and body developed over a 200,000-year period. And this function and operation that was set then is the same function and operation that works today. Every single human being functions and operates the same. So what is stress mastery? It's developing the skill of conflict resolution. The human being cannot stop stress or conflict, but they can develop awareness to move the conflict out of stress and reaction into response and resolution. The skill of stress mastery creates a life lived in harmony. This is in alignment to the objective reality of what is. This ends the state of being stressed out, worried, anxious, frustrated, and depressed. This is what it is to master stress. In other words, you're right on your definition. The outside world doesn't, you know, affect the inner world. But the true mastery is simple. It's conflict resolution. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that that becomes the thing that a lot of people, and and I'm starting to see it more and more when we go into like uh, business meetings or talk to people from, you know, very successful worlds, is that they've all achieved something. And whatever it is that they're doing, they are masters at that. But they're not asking us for help in that category. They're asking us to master themselves, master being human, to master like, and and to watch that elevate where they're at. So like, they think they're masters of something. And I think Patrick's a, a, a perfect example of that because he was fantastic at what he does. Mm-hmm. But then he started doing this, and there was another level to unlock once he mastered himself and being human. Now his career, his family, I mean, everything started to explode in the best way possible. It's mastering the human essence. You know, it's mastering the biological essence, the social essence, and the spiritual essence. That is every human being. But stress mastery is the map. It really is the blueprint. First, to help you leave the valley and get on the mountain. That's the first thing it does, is you have to get people out of deaf effects. You have to get them out of perceptual blindness, and you have to get them to open up so they can come out of the valley to the mountain. And that's 200 Courage, where they're focused and alert. And then, stress mastery helps the individual to stay on the path, and as they climb, they attain mastery. That's what it is. They attain mastery. So, David, if every human being functions and operates the same, why is stress now an epidemic? Why is the average lifespan actually beginning to drop? Why has obesity and heart disease continued to raise? Why has anxiety and depression become so prevalent in today's society? Why do people seem driven to find happiness but instead feel unfulfilled? Why is there so much addiction? Why do half of marriages end in divorce? Why the increase in mass shootings? And the answer is, we live today in a culture of discontentment. We don't understand. Our reality is in such conflict distortion that we are discontent. And actually, discontentment is the pendulum swing of inspiration. Your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, that that is that is huge right there. Uh, like I said, I think that's why people also are, are getting frustrated with constantly switching and constantly saying they're not good at something or not getting to where they want to be at it. Uh, the one thing that I, I've, I've learned again, and we talk about this a lot on this podcast, like bodybuilding, the amount of people I've heard say it and then don't do it because it's a time sport. You get lucky at basketball or like baseball or anything like that. But when it comes to a time sport, you can be discontent even though you're making progress all yep. the time. And then where's the motivation? You're not inspired to do it. And then people stop very, very fast because it's Absolutely. a years game. It's And we talk about the path to mastery and, and stress mastery. How do you climb the mountain? What is the path? It's through conflict. Mm-hmm. That's what it's through. When you have a conflict, we call it a boulder on the mountain. You have to be able to take that boulder to resolution and you have to be able to deal with it because that's what keeps the climb towards mastery happening. The moment that you don't, the boulder knocks you right back in the valley, you fall back in your old routine and you have discontentment. That is the pendulum swing of inspiration. So if we look at today, life today, we live in the most comfortable and most indulged society ever known to the history of man. Yet, we are discontent. We have become we have become a generation of complainers. We are discontent that nothing is ever the way we want it or we like it. And it's interesting. This discontentment stems from a distaste to accept responsibility and blame others out, and outside factors of why we are justified in our discontent. Mastery, there's a map and it never changes. There is a path and it never changes. It takes consistent action over time. At least one year going through the transformation process, going through the testing periods. This is what creates a mastery, it creates a skill. That's what, if you want to go science, that's what creates a new neural pathway. That's what creates new habit. That's mastery. But if you are you can't accept responsibility and you blame the conflict on others and outside factors, then you are going to justify your discontentment of why you can't do something. Do you understand that? Yeah, the process. Yes. The under, understanding in stress in stress mastery, we understand the culture is set in the programming and the program sets the reality. And this drives the behavior, in this case, to complain and blame. So we understand that in stress mastery. We also understand in stress mastery that the child is automatically programmed with an identity to support the culture of the tribe, society, the times they are born into, and their experiences as a child. This is what sets their identity and the culture program. So there is a theory behind the cause and that's several causes of the generation of discontentment. It's not just technology. We always want to blame technology for everything or social media for everything. No. Remember, the child's program when they're young. It's actually tied to family. So the theory stands that this culture of discontentment was set because of the small families of today. 
Most families today have one or two children, maybe three or no children. Opposed to past generations not so long ago with five, seven, even ten or more children, right? So if you look at our ancestors, they had a lot more children, correct? Yes. The theory is that small families in a materialistic society as we live in today, we have we will be set with a program to become selfish, self-indulgent children. So what which creates selfish self-indulgent adults, and the culture of discontentment. So what does this look like? Let's create a br- the scene at the breakfast table, right? The mother asks her one or two kids or maybe three kids, her children, what would you like me to fix you to take to school for lunch? One child says, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, please. Another says, tuna sandwich. And mom goes to work to create the customized lunches. Now, as the kids go off to school, mom asks, what would you like for, what would you like for dinner when you come home? First kid, "Ah, I guess I would like this. The second kid, I would like that. Mom responds, okay, as she takes the orders. By the way, what time will you kids be home so I can plan dinner? One kid, I'll be home at five. The other kid, I'll be home at six. Mom then sets two different meals at two different times. See, in this scenario, the child is setting the day the way they want it, and the mom indulges them. Now, if you come from a large family, like most families in the past, when you got up in the morning, you ate whatever was prepared, and you grabbed the brown bag for lunch with whatever was in it. And when you left the house, you were told when dinner was, and if you didn't abide, you went hungry. Today's culture The mother bends over backwards to give the child whatever they want. She may make a great dinner, and then one of the kids complains, I hate this. I don't want to eat this. How does the mom respond? Most times she will make them, not your mom, but she will make them what they want. In a a big family, if a kid complains they don't want to eat, I can guarantee you one of the siblings would gladly take that, and they would take the complainer's food, and they would... Just go hungry. So you can see how the family unit and the way the child, remember the child is getting programmed through the behavior and experiences have. Many children today are growing up in an environment where authority defers to them. And the parent does whatever they can so the child will be happy, so the child doesn't have to deal with conflict, so the child doesn't have any problems. And this creates the identity of entitlement and a strong ego of, I want everything my way, and if not, I'm going to explode. And this generation of discontentment takes resilience and conflict resolution out of the child's identity. So how can you master anything? Because if you want something, there is no way you're going to get something without going through conflict. So as they cannot deal with authority... The child can't deal with authority. They grow up as adults and they struggle in their careers. They they feel entitled to have whatever they want, so they struggle in finances. They never want to be uncomfortable, so they struggle in their health. They cannot deal with conflict, so they struggle in their relationships. They are stuck in a fixed mindset that things should be the way they want it, so they struggle with change and growth. 
You can see how the generation has, and of, of course, there's other factors, but I thought this theory was very interesting. We live in, they live in distaste for responsibility and they blame others for their problems. And so when you look at these things, you understand discontentment is the pendulum swing of inspiration. We talked about inspiration on Tuesday's Health Huddles, how inspiration is what drives somebody toward mastery. Inspiration is what keeps you on the mountain when the boulder is there to figure out a way to bring that conflict to resolution to respond. It's inspiration. You can't have inspiration and discontentment. It's impossible. Your thoughts, David? Yeah, you know, I never thought about that, you know, especially with like, you know, what they call it, like the nuclear family. You got the whole household together and then it's expanded um, significantly compared to what it is today, you know, because I always think about like just my you know, my mom, dad, brother, sister, and me. Five people. That's a lot. <laughs> that's nothing compared to what it was. <laughs> the old days. Yeah. And that that's a, a huge point of what you said, because you, you've learned to kind of adapt and, you know, get what you be grateful for what you got and not what you asked for. You know, and I think that's a, that becomes a big thing because the gratitude part of it is kind of taken out. It's like, I want this. I didn't have time. Oh, frustrated that your parents. Yes, they get mad. Time to make yes. room for you and it wasn't the right thing. And I guess that, that how that spirals into school, that spirals into, you know, you get to a great college, not the college you want. You know, and it continues to go from there into jobs. And now, you know, like we said, we don't want to demonize like technology and social media, but that's where it ends up at. Right. And, it, it, it feeds this, right? Yeah. It feeds, it just, it feeds it more because you think about it, they're in school and they don't like a teacher. They're not getting a good grade. They don't blame the student. They blame the teacher and the parent comes in and goes after the teacher. Yeah. You know, I think this happens on a, on a regular basis that the, the child doesn't know how to have responsibility because they were never taught. They were never programmed how to do it. They've always gotten everything the way they want it. So the moment they have a supervisor that starts to tell them what to do and they don't like what they're being told what to do, what happens? They're in a huge conflict. They explode and a lot of times they'll quit work or they will get in trouble at work, but they won't grow. They won't grow because they're not getting their way. Yeah, They want it their way. And so... So when we talk about this distaste for responsibility, this is, you know, when somebody is stuck in discontentment because they will complain all the time. That's when somebody's always complaining about something, you will know they're in discontentment. And awareness is the first step to enter the path of mastery. It's the first step. To enter the path of stress mastery is the awareness because people don't even know they do it. In the valley, the reality is clouded. And that means you only see your reality. And you believe your reality is the truth. And all those people around you are feeding that reality to make sure that you know your reality is the truth. When everybody's down there complaining about the same thing. You see, so what do people consistently complain about? I got 12 things and I want to see what you have, right? What do they complain about? Things that we complain about in today's world. How about slow Wi-Fi? 
Oh, that was that was the first thing I thought of. Holy crap! <laughs> Am I right? Right? They can't take a breath and let things work, right? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I get it. I I get it, and and you know, to a a part of the defense, right? It's like I paid for this. I should be getting this. Sure. And, but the state, but the state, right? The state of conflict doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah, Remember all yeah. the stuff I went through with my Wi-Fi and everything, oh, yeah. and all that stuff. I didn't stay in in the valley. I kept staying, and okay, let me try this, or let me do this, or let me call this. You gotta bring the conflict to resolution, but to complain about it and sit there and complain about it gets you nowhere. Yeah, and there's so you you agree. See, oh, I, you, sure. I shocked you, right? Because the baby boomer came up with the millennial answer right away. Number like two. another second one. No, no, you, you probably don't. <laughs> People complain about lengthy waits in drive throughs Oh, that's a good one. They complain. Now, think about it. You're driving through. You don't have to get out of your car. You're going to get a full meal handed to you. You're going to hand a card, and you're going to have a full meal that you could drive home with. But you might have to wait five minutes while other people are getting their full meals. Right? Think about that. How many people get mad about that? Your thoughts? Yeah, I never thought about it. But yeah, you hear it all the time. Man. It's not fast food if I have to wait. <laughs> it's crazy, right? I mean, when you really slow down and look at it because, hey, if mom, if I didn't like food, mom would make me something right away. I don't have to sit there and wait. Yeah. What is this about? Uh, number three is an interesting one I find in today's world. A 40-hour a forty hour job. They complain about working 40 hours. And they complain, oh, I'm working so hard. I got to work eight hours, five days a week. And well, how much you're working in there? Because you got an hour lunch, you got this, right? But they complain about the 40-hour work week, the 40-hour job. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, this one, I think that the millennials, um, they've complained, but then they've started to create a solution. You know, I think that that was one of the first shifts that I'm starting to see there because I think millennials complained about it. They complained about it a lot. And now you're seeing a lot of millennials become entrepreneurs or business owners and things like that. And I think that's kind of the way you go about it. You're going to complain? Do something about it. Exactly. Or just don't complain then. Be happy exactly. You, got a job. <laughs> you know, right. You have a job. You know, you're complaining about having a job that's telling you you have to work for the money you're going to get paid. Yeah. You're mad People, that you have to earn. I want money. you to think about it all the time. How many times you hear that? Oh, I got to go to work. Here's one. You know, this is one. This is common. Number four, weather. Complain about the weather, especially in Florida. And how it's, it affects that damn internet. <laughs> yeah. it's Yeah. There you go. Slow Wi-Fi again. But you hear in Florida, it's too hot. It's too rainy. Oh, it's a hurricane. Oh, it's like, oh my gosh. And then up north, it's, oh, look at the beautiful fall. Now it's too cold. Now it's, it's see, the complaint about the weather is just stupid. And I hate to say that because the weather is what it is. Why are you upset by the weather? You can't control the weather. This conflict is causing you to be stressed out for what? The weather? The people all the time complain about the weather. Number five. You ready? People complain about their weight. Yeah. 
Ah, how many times do you hear that? They complain, I can't believe I weigh this much. Ah, my weight, I'm not losing weight. Or I weigh this, I weigh, wait. But they don't want to change anything. <laughs> they don't They don't want to get on the path to mastery to master the body, but they will complain about their weight. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I used to be like, my skill's different. <laughs> you know, I weigh a little less on my skill. I, I think that's a, 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 a interesting one because then you'll hear all the other complaints. Yep. Because I work 40 hours. <laughs> Hell yeah. Go. yeah. They'll fe- oh, no. They'll feed each other for sure. Oh, yeah. Number- all these th- compile. <laughs> Number six, typos and grammatical errors. I'm not mentioning any names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if somebody sends you something that's got a typo, who cares? Really? Right? But when you, it's one thing to tell the person, hey, you got a typo and things like that. It's another thing to complain about it. Right, I can't believe they put that. I can't believe that book is. I can't believe this. You hear that? I, I, <laughs> you're gonna leave this one alone. <laughs> you gotta leave it alone. All right. Ah, right, here's number seven. Then they complain about Mondays. Yeah. Poor Mondays. That day gets gets kicked in the groin and punched in the face, and it's how many people complain to you to hear Mondays? Oh. Another Monday, oh, and things, and they're complaining, and it's just this discontentment, and it kind of ties into number eight. They complain about waking up in the morning. How about that one? I, I kind of get it. <laughs> they wake up. Oh, got to get up. Got to do this. Oh, you know, I never complain about waking up in the morning, no matter how early it is. I actually have, I actually have created a skill of gratitude first thing in the morning. I actually yeah. created that skill. I did it purposely to create that skill because what dumb shit gets up at 2.30 in the morning? Me. And so I better create a, a gratitude something to get up at that time. And I do every, it's the first, I mean, my feet don't hit the floor before I'm being thankful, you know, yeah. immediately. The, the, the getting up early in the morning one, it, it's the interesting one for me because once I'm up, I'm up. It doesn't matter. The thing that I, I don't like about mornings, and I think I've said this in the podcast, is that that's the one moment in that battle every day. I know I see my ego first thing in the morning. Like, I know I got to deal with his ass as soon as I wake up. And that's what I hate about waking up. But, again, we were switching around, you know, to gratuity. Hey, I have an opportunity to deal with him every day now. You know, yep. Some days and that's, quieter than others. And that actually that is developing a skill. Mm-hmm. That is mastery. Yeah. That's seeing the ego's mastery because what does it do? It keeps you in the green zone, keeps you on the mountain. And here's one for you, social media and different statuses and social media posts and stuff. People complain about somebody's status or somebody's post or somebody's this, didn't like. Whatever complaints you could think of on social media, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's going to be a big one, especially – you know, in the future, because now we've gotten used to kind of like the current apps. So when a new app comes out and there's got to be a new top dog on that one. So it's going to be forever repeating cycle. Um, and you'll hear people, well, you know, I have a message to give people and I don't get the following that this does. And this, yeah. does. if yes. you understand like the wiring, like we're talking about how drama creates drama and that stuff, you know, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing that you're not gaining traction then you know discontentment yeah (laughs) it keeps them in discontentment right Uh and again discontentment is always going to keep you in the valley red zone uh number 10 handling things they're supposed to handle (laughs) 
<laughs> it's doing stuff that you're supposed to do. You complain about. Yeah, I think people. Yeah, the their to do list. I had the longest thing to do today. Oh, that's your job description, and you were yeah. there for eight hours. And you only got half of it. I, I would be complaining the other way around. <laughs> can't believe I got to go eight hours. Number eleven. They complain about time. That's probably the biggest complaint. Don't have enough time. Takes too much time. Time, time, time. Right? In reality, we all have the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. Do you, you hear that complaint a lot? Yeah. Time and energy. Time and Yeah. Time and energy. I'll put those together. And the last one I have, people complain about people complaining. Yep. <laughs> That's so we look at what when we look at mastery and everything else that we looked at today, we kind of look at really what stress mastery is. It's the path that you must take in order to create the skill of conflict resolution, which creates harmony in your life. That's alignment in your life. And so you live life never stressed out. Why would you be stressed out if you're in harmony? You're dealing with what is. And you only get stressed out when you don't deal with what is or you don't like what is. And that conflict is sitting there and it distorts. Now you have a problem. That's where it comes. Stress mastery is the path to create the skill just like hitting the curveball, letting go. It's actually automatic. People don't realize once you shift, you don't have to think about it. It's automatic. That's what we teach in Stress Mastery. And people get caught with that those two words because they don't know what stress is and they don't know what mastery is. And when you put it together, you can never stop stress. You can never stop conflict, but you can master it. And you can master it by creating alignment of your inner world to what is in the outer world. And when you do that, you are in inspiration. That's what inspiration does. It creates resilience compared to discontentment, which creates, I can't, I quit, not for me. I tried, it didn't work. What's next? Your thoughts, David, I'm done. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the things that we've, we've explained, especially if, if something that you guys can you know, relate to, um, some of these things aren't, aren't necessarily a bad thing. It's only a bad way you start attaching the story to it, you know? I think that's a huge thing that people forget. Even the fast food thing, as stupid as it sounds, you know, you're like, oh, man, it's taking longer than usual. Instead of getting upset, that's a valid thing to say. Oh, the internet's being slower today. Could be the weather, you know? But then you leave it at that. I think the amount of time people spend attaching stories to it and then getting ready to tell other people. They want to control it, right? Yes. You can realize how long you hold on to something and you don't let it go. You know, it's Friday already. I've been having bad internet since Monday. You've been thinking about this crap since Monday? The internet? That's been your problem? And I think that's the issue that most people don't realize is that if you can learn to not attach stories to anything, you're on your way to becoming a master at life in general. Like the, That's the what stress mastery is. We are attaching yep. to everything. It's because you're not stopping amazing. the conflict yeah. ever. So if you're in the line and the line is longer, you're not stopping the conflict. It's going to activate. You're going yeah, to get frustrated. It isn't the problem. It's right. creating a story about it. <laughs> when you acknowledge it, you can let it go because yeah. why are you going to complain? The objective reality is there's a line. 
Uh-huh. Your inner world saying, I don't like the line. The line shouldn't be this way. It's yeah. not supposed to be this way. But the fact is, the objective is, the truth is, there is a line. So why fight the line? Relax and let it go. That's when you do that, you don't create the story. When you create the story, you're texting everybody, I can't believe I'm sitting in this line. Oh, I'm at this line. I can't believe I got to sit. <laughs> and now what you do, the conflict distortion goes to somebody else. Now you're just spread. Stress and conflict distortion is a virus. You're spreading it every time you do that. Every time you complain, you're spreading. Every time you go in discontentment, you're spreading it, right? So this week we were talking about inspiration. Inspiration and motivation, we talked about it Tuesday, are two completely different things. When you're inspired, you are going to get the resilience to go through these things without creating stories that you can't or you're a victim. Would you agree with me? Absolutely. 100%. That's it for today's show. Our mission here is to create a shift in a planet. You can join us on this mission by simply like, share, subscribe. The links are right below in the show notes. As always, until next time, stay inspired.